Welcome to Courageous Leadership with Travis Yates, where leaders find the insights, advice, and encouragement they need to lead courageously. Welcome back. I'm so glad you're joining us again. And if you missed last week's episode, it was just epic. We had Dr. J.C. Shea on to discuss media propaganda and how it affects law enforcement. And I want you to check that out if you haven't already done so. And on a weekly basis, a lot of our episodes will be just like that. I will come on here early on and give you a short editorial either about the topic or about what's in the news to try to encourage courageous leadership for you to help you do that. And then we're going to bring on a guest, either an expert guest on a topic or a fellow courageous leader to discuss leadership. I think it's going to be very encouraging for you as you continue to listen to us. But once in a while, you're just going to hear me talk about a subject. And this week, that's exactly what we're going to do. And quite frankly, it's hard to understand why I even have to talk about this subject, but this continues to come up. And so I need to address it. It's about the thin blue line flag. Pretty incredible that we still see leaders that are jumping up and down and virtue signaling when this pesky flag comes up by a few members in the community or in the case of the Los Angeles Police Department, it appears that one person out of the four million residents in Los Angeles complained about it. And paying it attention and acting on it is really troublesome. I want to explain why. And we started our seminar on courageous leadership several years ago. At the time, I had one slide about this issue. I discovered it. It wasn't happening very often, but I found one slide about it. I was pretty perplexed on how the leader acted, and we talked briefly about that. Well, if you come to the seminar now, in fact, we're going to be in Arizona in March. If you're interested in that class, contact me. We're going to be in Oklahoma in April, uh, back to Arizona in July, a bunch of other dates. So if you want, if you're interested in that, contact me through the website, travisyates.org. And you're going to say, Travis, how come you're not telling us the dates and times and how to register? Well, there's a bunch of reasons for that. And probably the most important reason is I don't necessarily want to broadcast the world when I'm not going to be home, right? I have a family, and I'm very cognizant about that. This isn't some big company teaching this, where there's a bunch of instructors running out there doing that. No, when I say that the class is going on, it's me doing the class. So I don't really want to announce my my departure from my hometown, so to speak. So, But if you're interested in that, contact me. I can give you the details on the back end. But when you go to that class now, I have three or four slides, and I talk a little bit longer about it, but I'll be honest with you. I could teach eight hours on the thin blue line flag and what leaders have done about it. It is truly sickening and truly a sign of how unhealthy our leadership is. And of course, that came up in the news this week, if you were paying attention. It started out with the Los Angeles police chief received a complaint about a wooden thin blue line flag hanging in a precinct, and he made the comment that, uh, that sometimes it symbolizes support for violent extreme views, and he ordered all of public displays of the flag to be removed. And then shortly after that, we had a police chief in Minnesota, a very small town, 22 police officers, that posted, they, the department posted an image of the thin blue line flag on National Police Day was this week, Monday, I believe, 
you know, thanking police officers, rightfully so. Well, apparently there were a few comments about how this was a sign of extremism and white supremacy. And actually the chief apologized, took the post down, and then linked to an article that talked about how this in the past has been criticized as a symbol of white supremacy. I can't even describe to you how crazy this is and how crazy it is that we have to talk about it. Uh, Once we create this appeasement, I'll call it cowardly appeasement, to an insane group of people that have their own interpretations, regardless of the facts, regardless of the truth, once we as leaders do that, let me ask you, where does it stop? I mean, think about it. Where does it stop? If we're going to appease the screams of a few, by the way, that will not quit, will not stop screaming. These are the same individuals oftentimes that say your badge represents a slave patrol and your uniform represents, I mean, I don't even want to say the words, it's so crazy and so sickening. That's what we see. And for some reason, our leaders are placating to that. And you're going to say, Travis, this isn't a big deal. It's just a flag. You know, that's, it's just, there's, there's no reason to fight over the flag. There's no reason to have this to be a debate. So we just need to do this. Well, that is the problem that it's not a big deal. Listen to me here. It is a problem when, as a police chief in America, I want to tell you, and you're going to think that I'm always bashing police chiefs, and I'm not. If you come to my seminars, there's a pretty healthy balance of that. Law enforcement is being held by a thread by the few great leaders we have and a bunch of great cops on the streets. That's how we are still able to perform in this profession because I can tell you that many of our leaders are not helping. But we have good leaders. Of course we do. But these decisions resonate. It makes national news. That small Minnesota police chief, that was in the Daily Mail. That was a United Kingdom, London, England, public. It's a, it made international news, a small police department where the leader said this flag is seen by some as representing extremism or white supremacy or whatever was said by depicting that. It makes national news. So it, it hurts all of law enforcement because when we play to this, when we react to this, we're giving credence that it's accurate and that it's true and it's not true so there's a huge aspect that no one's thinking about when cowardly leaders uh, are, are definitely overlooking just because someone in the community gives an interpretation about what either the thin blue line or the thin blue line flag means it doesn't mean that that's true for everybody it also doesn't mean that any given interpretation or so-called complaint actually resembles historical facts or even truth as a, as a saying, you know, what a chief could do, and by the way, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even pay any attention to this. It's so ridiculous. But what a chief could do if they felt like speaking about this issue when somebody complains, they could actually give them a history lesson. The symbol and phrase thin blue line has been in existence for over a hundred years. I could show you 75-year-old photographs of the thin blue line being placed on the caskets of fallen police officers. Ironically, since we're talking about Los Angeles, it was adopted by LAPD in the 1950s to symbolize how officers served as the barrier between law, order, and anarchy. That's a quote from their website. It's been used in movies and documentaries. It's widely accepted, more so than any other symbol to honor fallen police officers. And this is probably 
the greatest failure of cowardly police officers being this, that any opinion or claim that someone is offended should never automatically overwrite or take away from what the thin blue line mean, means to officers, to families, to countless Americans, by the way, and especially to those who have made the ultimate sacrifice. There's several issues with this, and I want to kind of dive into them a little deeper than maybe you've thought about. I don't know if it helps you. I know the vast majority of people agree with this. Uh, everyone in law enforcement that's heard of these stories just thinks it's ridiculous. And many of the comments that came back to me were, no wonder people are fleeing this profession. And I think to the outside public, they think, well, it's really probably not a big deal. It's just a flag. But folks, you have to think about the mindset of a police officer working the streets. Law enforcement is a chaotic profession. I don't have to tell you that. Even if you're not in law enforcement and listen to this, you watch TV, you watch the news, you see the split-second decisions that have to be made. It's a very difficult profession. And we are tasked with following policy, following the law, treating people with respect within the bounds of the Constitution, and doing that in a very rapid pace, making split-second decisions. Not everything looks great on TV. Not everything looks great on body camera. But oftentimes, law enforcement does what has to be done to either apprehend people or go home at night safely and do certain safety tactics, right? So a lot of people don't understand that. So as a police officer that's doing that job, in the back of your mind, you're thinking to yourself, if I do my job right, I do it within the law, I do it within policy, I do it within the Constitution, it, doesn't, it shouldn't matter what anybody thinks or what they interpret I'm doing. I'm doing this correct. I need support for doing this. That's where this issue is tough. Because if you are working the streets right now and your, your leader has done this to the flag, couldn't defend the easiest thing to defend ever. By the way, it's tough being a police chief. I'm not discounting that. But I can guarantee you the easiest decision a police chief will ever make in their career is when somebody once tells them the thin blue line flag is racist because that, that's the easiest decision. The answer is no, you're crazy. Maybe you don't say that, but no, it's not. Sorry. Next. Like you don't even it's that easy because it's it's like saying the sky's not blue. There is no evidence whatsoever for that. And, and when I talk about evidence, it's kind of funny. You know, I keep seeing the same quote in the news. Uh oh, people in extremist groups have used this. Okay, maybe. Have you seen one picture? Like, like they say it, but have you seen photographic evidence? Maybe there is. I don't know. But buying into that is no different than saying, well, hey, this white supremacist drives a Ford truck, so police shouldn't be driving Ford cars. Now, that sounds crazy. That's the same thing. You see what I'm saying? I mean, just because you interpret something a certain way. By the way, I was doing a Google search on this topic, and by, it will make you sick. Don't do it. Pages and pages and pages of stories of chiefs doing this. I'm, I don't want to just pick on Los Angeles for this town in Minnesota. I don't want to just pick on them. It is literally hundreds of stories of chiefs doing this. And you know what was kind of uh, an ironic trend in those stories there were a lot of reverends in these towns 
that were saying that this symbol is a symbol of hatred because a few people have white supremacists or extremists have used this. A lot of reverends are saying that, but it's ironic, isn't it, that reverends would say that? Because you know what else is used as a symbol of extremists? Of extremist? The cross. I mean, I've seen the documentaries, right? KKK used to burn crosses. Today, the cross is a symbol for a lot of white supremacists. They, 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 they have kind of taken over Christianity in this sick and twisted way and have used that for their own purpose or own gain. They use the cross. But we would never ask one of those reverends to take the cross down for the same reason, would we? Nor would they. So they're asking these chiefs to do something they would never do. And I want to talk about why, if a chief does this, they're going to be doomed as a leader. And I want to kind of dive deep into this. First off, where does it stop? I've already alluded to that. Where does it stop? I mean, you're one thin blue line away from it just being an American flag. What's next? Because, by the way, the, these extremist groups have also used the American flag, right? I mean, we're not talking about a lot of people, by the way. Because like I said, I tried to find pictures and couldn't even find pictures on the internet of, of this so-called extremist people using these flags. I couldn't find it, but I'm, maybe it's there. There's a lot of people in America. But we're not too far from the American flag. Is that a symbol we, sh we can't fly now? What about other things? Black boots, right? I mean, there's a lot of things. It doesn't stop, does it? Of course it doesn't. So once... People see a reaction from a chief on something so simple, and they have to be laughing in the background that it's this easy to get them to jump, right? They're just going to go to the next thing. So if you, if you make this decision, if you ever decide to stop and be that courageous leader and say, hold on here, it's going to actually make the reaction against you much, much worse because they're used to getting the, re the reaction, the answer that they want. Secondly, we are so concerned about the interpretation of this thin blue line flag by a few people. And we don't know how many, by the way, because they never tell you, but it's just a few. But what about the countless community members that proudly display this on their car or in their neighborhood or in their house? What about their interpretation? Do they not count? And what do you think they think about the leader of that police department when this decision is made. I can tell you what they think about because I've heard from a lot of them. So that's a problem. You're losing a lot of the respect from your community when you make this decision. And you're going to say, but they're trying to appease a few people. Fine. But if you lead that way, it never stops. Because we live in a day and time where if you want to wake up and be offended about something, you'll figure out what to be offended about. And so as leaders, we cannot do that. By the way, no other profession would do this, folks. Seriously. Google around. You'll see them attacking all kinds of CEOs about all kinds of crazy stuff. I saw something on the Internet where someone attacked Apple because their Apple, I'm going to say it wrong, their ear pods or whatever they're called, iPods, right? Ear pods, the things that go in the ear were white. How come you don't make them black? Now, this is crazy. This is what I'm talking about. This is no more crazier than what these chiefs are doing. And what was the answer? Was the answer, oh, we're so sorry you're offended. We will start producing these in various other colors so everybody feels more comfortable. No, the answer from the CEO in the article I read was, well, that's a problem for us. We're a big supply chain company. We want to keep the cost down. And so we keep this one color so 
uh, we can keep plenty of them in stock and it keeps the cost down because once you start making multiple colors of anything, it creates it creates problems for, you know, keeping them in stock and the supply chain. And he just he just told he just educated them on why didn't even go there about this nonsense they accused him of. You don't see this anywhere else. Why are we seeing it in law enforcement? It's, that's how sick and weak our leaders are. And uh, secondly, after respect from the community, what about respect from the officers? See, nobody talks about the officers, right? And I already kind of alluded to you the mindset of the officers. And you're going to say, well, how do you know that, Travis? I talk to them all the time. Folks, I've been in 46, 47 states, three countries. I talk, I go out to eat, we hang out. I know exactly what they're feeling. I'm not just in some bubble here in an office. I know exactly what they're feeling. I'm telling you right now, a chief will lose any respect they had for uh, the officers. The, the officers will lose all respect they had for that chief on a decision as simple as this. You don't believe me? It's happened before. Let me go outside of law enforcement for a minute. Remember the Starbucks incident? It happened a few years ago. Maybe you don't remember it. A couple young men go into Starbucks in downtown Philadelphia, sat down. They had a meeting, meeting somebody. The barista, who I think is a fancy name for the lady that just rings you up, says, hey, sorry, guys, our policy is you got to pay You got to pay for something before you take up real estate. Small store, you know, we're really busy. They said, no, we're not going to pay for anything. She said, well, you got to go. They go, we're not going. Well, my policy says we, it's trespassing. We're going to have to call the cops. He said, call the cops. And then one thing leads to another. They call the police. Philadelphia cops, I'm guaranteed the Philadelphia, Philadelphia cops that day was the last thing they wanted to do, right? We've all been on those calls. It's trespassing call. You have to do what the, the caller tells to do. It's almost kind of like a citizen's arrest. So they want him arrested, so the officers arrest him. This became a symbol, according to the mayor, as racism in America. Everybody loses their mind, right? And the Starbucks CEO did everything you can think of to blame all out racism from everywhere on why this happened rather than just saying, well, it's our policy. It's our policy in a lot of stores. Here's why. Well, maybe we'll reevaluate it, reexamine it, whatever. No, instead of just telling the truth, he went the whole racism thing. And, uh, and I'll back up. These, these kids that, made, that did they weren't bad guys. They're just being kids. I have kids, and sometimes kids are acting like kids, and they stick their chest out once in a while. Made, of course, international news. But where's that Starbucks CEO now? He's gone. Yeah, he's gone. Now, they're going to tell you he left because he wanted to write a book and he was thinking about running for president. It's all in the news. I can tell you, in my opinion, why he's gone. He lost respect as a leader by making those decisions. Philadelphia police chief at the time, I, I tended to like him a lot. He initially came out and defended the officers. And then, of course, he quickly came out and said oh i didn't want to perpetuate racism and the officers shouldn't have done that. whatever he said it, he threw the officers down where's he at today he's gone right and so ultimately when you lose respect from either your community in respect to law enforcement or your consumers in respect to the private industry and you lose respect from your employees or officers you don't last long as a leader you just don't last long and so I think it's going to be really interesting. It's going to be easy to pay attention to LAPD chief, which, by the way, I, I think he's done a lot of good things in Los Angeles. It's a very tough job. He was wrong here. And by the way, he can still correct it. History tells me he probably won't. He thinks it's just going to go away. But you know who's not going to forget? The people in that community that were paying attention and those officers working at streets, those streets, streets of Los Angeles. They will not forget. 
And so it's going to be interesting to see what happens now, see if he struggles at all. Listen, I don't wish ill will on anybody, but it's time this needs to end, folks. It really is. Because if we cannot make a simple decision about this, we, they won't make important decisions. It's that simple. Courageous leadership is about making the best decision possible, whether it's something simple as this or the biggest thing you can think of. And so this is really just an absolute failure of leadership competency and really having the ability to do what is right. And if it can't be done for this simple concept, it certainly won't be done for anything else. I cannot stress that enough. And whenever we have leaders uh, that listen to the so-called community, the few individuals define their attentions and, and, and they, and they don't, and they, and they, and they act towards that. Right. When, oh, instead of just saying, well, no, that's, that's not true. This is the intentions. And by educating, this is what we're trying to do. They're not being leaders, folks. They're really cowards of the worst kind. Cause it would have been very easy for any chief to go, Hey, sorry, you feel that way. Here's what the flag means. It's called educate them. Right. And we're just not seeing that. And it really is, uh, really is tragic. And, it seems completely ridiculous to have to even talk about it, but a lot of people have talked about it. I've seen several articles about it. I wrote one on my Substack uh, just to remind you. You'll get a weekly article. You can subscribe to that for free. Just go to yatesreport.com. It sends you over a Substack page. You can subscribe. Every Wednesday, you're going to get a deep dive article. That's what this week's topic was about, and I kind of expanded it in this uh, podcast today. But I want to kind of conclude with what Craig Floyd said. Craig Floyd is the current founder of Citizens Behind the Badge, and and he's the former chairman, you've probably heard of him, of the National Law Enforcement Memorial Fund. I've known Craig for many years. He's, uh, you know, he's not a police officer, but he's a civilian that has been a huge supporter of what we do. I have a lot of respect for him. Here's what he said, and I, I really liked it. We should not let anyone steal these flags from law enforcement, and we should never let the media make them out to be anything other than what they are. We must stand together and protect the thin blue line. I couldn't agree more. And in closing, I want to be very clear about this topic. This is not just some simple topic we should be ignoring. The thin blue line is the hill that we die on, folks. It is who we are. It's what we stand for. It honors the sacrifices as of the day of 26,141 heroes behind the badge. I know many of them. My father-in-law is on that wall. I have good friends on that wall. It ends today. This silly nonsense from these cowards making this decision that, quite frankly, is embarrassing to them, and it's embarrassing that people look at our profession leading like this. And if any leader thinks otherwise, if any leader disagrees with me, quite frankly, you have no business leading anyone. It's time to go. We need courage in a time such as this. And this is an easy way to show it. And we have so much failure. And it's time to stand up and lead. Thanks for listening. Can't wait, to, can't wait till next time. We've got some great episode coming up next week. I, I'm looking forward to it. And I hope you'll come back and visit us. Until then, lead on and stay courageous. 
Thank you for listening to Courageous Leadership with Travis Yates. We invite you to join other courageous leaders at travisyates.org.